It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Ben Bagley. Let's get your reaction to tonight's 34-17 BYU victory over Georgia Southern. Chime in on Twitter. Tweet me at Ben Bags on Twitter. That's at Ben Bags. You can tweet me your comments there. We'll get to some of those a little bit later on. Just a couple of thoughts on the game. A couple of thoughts on the game as we look at this. Greg and Riley broke it down. BYU gets a 34-17 win. A couple of things that they didn't mention I want to make sure I bring up is a nice job tonight by Keanu Hill who came in after Puka got injured and made a couple of big plays. Two catches for 65 yards. Really stepping up. Had a long of 44 yards on that. Tyler Algier, we talked about it at half. We expected a big second half from him and we got it as he came in and kind of helped seal the deal. But also... Jacob Robinson, big night on defense in the second half. Two INTs and four tackles for Jacob. The two, the second interception was maybe one of the best. I mean, we've had a couple of really good interceptions this year, but BYU for BYU. But Robinson's second interception was really an amazing catch, as he helped seal the de- as seal the deal as the defense stepped up and got the job done there in the second half. Fans, remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 at PapaJohns.com this coming Monday and receive 50% off of pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location, Monday only. Coming up, we'll update you on the day in college football. Cougar Sport Post Game Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Halftime Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Ben Bagley. Welcome back to our BYU Radio Studios here in Provo. BYU gets a 34-17 win over Georgia Southern. Now, BYU fans, you need to ask yourself this question. Was it enough? Is 34-17 enough when it comes to Tuesday's selection show for the college football playoff rankings? Greg and Riley talked a little bit about it. Another score getting into the 40s would be be nice as the committee is going to look at that score. And how much are they going to dig into that score? But let's look at some of the other scores out there around college football that may have uh, some effect one way or the other as it pertains to BYU and their college football playoff rankings. We'll start with seventh-ranked Michigan State, which got whooped by fourth-ranked Ohio State, 56-7. to Curious to see how far the committee will drop the Spartans after their second loss. Clemson upset 10th-ranked Wake Forest, 48-27. to Expect BYU to leap the Demon Deacons on Tuesday, so that'll be nice to see if BYU moves up that spot there. 16th-ranked Texas A&M and 17th-ranked Iowa both win, so they'll continue to breed down BYU's next just behind the Cougars in the rankings, as did 15th-ranked Wisconsin, although they were their win not as impressive. They snuck past Nebraska 35-28. to Game still in action. Virginia... Was was making it a game late in the late in the game though with a minute and a half left. Pitt jumps up forty eight to thirty eight on Virginia. Win there would have been nice for BYU strength of schedule. An eleventh ranked Baylor they are up fourteen seven with thirty seconds left in the second quarter over Kansas State. And a game coming up later tonight, kicking off in about fifteen minutes just up the road in Salt Lake City. Third ranked Oregon versus twenty third ranked Utah. Utah gets a victory over. Oregon in that game. It helps BYU's resume and strength of schedule, but it also knocks the Ducks out of their talk for the national championship playoff, which would mean the Pac-12 would only get one berth in the New Year's six games. So that would be a helpful for BYU if you're if you're scoreboard watching. Uh, I know that's tough for BYU fans, but you might want to cheer for the Utes tonight. I know that, that hurts coming out of your mouth. I get it. We'll have more Cougar Post Game Live coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Ben Bagley for more Cougar Halftime Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley. BYU gets the 34-17 victory over Georgia Southern. Before we wrap up, a couple of hits on Twitter. Uh, this, this from at 40-plus guy, he says, love the adjustments and effort in the second half, but we seem to often lack the will to really dominate, sure, sure we have some injuries, attrition, but doesn't every team at this point in the season? Yeah, they do. There is 
you're 11 games into the season, people are going to get hurt. I think this was more about just the way that the game started more than the way that the game finished. And BYU in the first half kind of got punched in the mouth and didn't know how to react. Uh, I'd like to shout out to those on Twitter who are doing play-by-play of my voice as it struggles this Saturday. Thanks to Ryan King, who says loves how At Ben Bags is doing the radio show for BYU football with an absolute gnarly cold or something. Get feeling better, Ben. I appreciate it. Not a cold, just lost my voice over the uh, last couple of days, struggling to get it through. we still got a basketball pre- and halftime show to go, so stay tuned and keep the play-by-play coming. We appreciate the thoughts and prayers out there for my voice. I'm sure I'm sure that it's helping. That's going to do it for Cougar Post Game Live. Your final score, BYU gets the victory over Georgia Southern, 34-17. to The Big O Tires Cougar, Cougars Locker Room Show is next. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. That Kalani conversation, courtesy Mitchell Jorgens at field level. We are at Statesboro, Georgia, Paulson Stadium, where BYU defeated Georgia Southern by a final score of 34-17 to today. And uh, the second half, Riley, was when BYU just kind of asserted its authority and took any upset hopes and put them to bed. Yes, Georgia Southern was competitive in the first half. They did a lot of what they wanted to do, longer drives, keeping the offense off the field. Once they couldn't sustain those in the second half, BYU was a full marks for the win. Georgia Southern w- was amped up coming into this game. For- number 14 team coming into your place. You know, e- you've had some struggle, but they did win last week, and they kind of won in a in a nail-biter down, to, down in the end of the game. They pulled out all the stops with onside kicks and – and trick plays and and uh, of course you have all that on top of the foundation of it being a, a unique challenge in stopping this offense and so uh, it probably wasn't the start that this BYU team hoped for or that most of the BYU faithful hoped for with them needing uh, two quarters to adjust but they came out in the second half and showed that this game never really was in jeopardy and that when BYU executes their game plan uh, on on cue they were the far better team. What would you rather what would you um have preferred to see more of or differently from BYU today? That's a good question. I, I really like the shots and the aggressiveness down the field. Um, I In the first half, I, maybe a little bit more balance. Um, I also just <laughs> – I got – and, you know, Coach Rada can smack me upside the head for saying this, but, like, I, I don't think trick plays are your best option on fourth down. But uh, a little bit more balance. Tyler only had seven carries in the first half. 18 in the second half. Yeah. So you know, if, 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 that, uh, if he has 12 carries in the first half, yeah. maybe BYU doesn't find itself allowing 17 points in this game. Yeah, I really, think that's a, I really think that's the case. And then there was a lot of switching of looks, especially in the first quarter. The first three drives, with the, uh, BYU defense gave three different looks. They came out in the 4-2-5. The second one, they came out in an odd front. Sometimes it was three. The majority of the snaps were three down. Sometimes they would walk up a stand-up guy as a four down. Uh, and then the fourth, uh, the fourth, um, sorry, the third series, they came out and showed a, like a cover four shell. And sometimes they would play man out of that. Sometimes they play cover two. Sometimes they play cover four. But uh, both of those, especially when they came out in the odd front and when they came out in the cover four shell, keeping two safeties high, to me that gave Georgia Southern an opportunity. Obviously, they came back. The defense came back in the second half, put the clamps down. Um, but um, a little bit more balance on offense and just have been a little bit more stern on defense uh, without um, mixing it up so much because it was unnecessary ultimately. Ironically, the more consistent half for BYU, the more dominant second half for BYU was the only half with punts in it. BYU did not punt in the first half, but it felt not terribly satisfying at times because they turned it over on downs one time and had two field goals on other drives. In the second half, that's when they had to punt it, but when they weren't punting it, they were essentially scoring touchdowns. That's what I was going to say, Greg. The reason why they didn't punt in the first half, but it still felt so frustrating was because punts against the three and seven, you know, last place team in the Sun Belt, those feel they might as well be punts, right? You feel like you should score touchdowns on every play. You mean play. field goals again? I did yeah. I say punt? Yeah. Field goals, field goals feel like punts. Sorry. So even though you're coming away with three points, you feel like against this team, uh, and you being ranked number 14, you should score touchdowns at will. But I mean, they've got good players, and they had a, a good plan coming in at least in the first half, and they played really hard. But over time, that's why you play 60 minutes. That's why you play four quarters because over the course of a four-quarter 60-minute game, the better team wins the majority of the time. 
BYU fans, stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 34 and Georgia Southern 17 is our final score. Kalani Sitake yet to talk to the media, still in with his team. And for that matter, there are still a few members of the team that aren't yet back in the locker room because they're meeting and greeting and signing autographs for the many, many BYU fans lining a chain link fence adjacent to the BYU locker room area. Samson Naku has been down there since the game ended. He's still loving the fans up. Jaron Hall has just joined him as well. So Hall and Nakua at least are not enjoying the celebration with Kalani and teammates right now, but that's all good. Kalani will soon exit and speak to the press. And has Kalani come down? Uh, yes, he is. Let's go down to Kalani with Mitchell Jurgens at field level. Don't zoom in too close. It's a, it's a bad look, I promise you. <laughs> no one's going to watch it if you do that. No, i um really happy for the win. Uh, obviously, uh, Georgia Southern showed up and they're ready to play and, and I, I thought we got their best shot. Um, the first half, I don't think we played our style of football. I think we gotta, had to kind of regain our composure and um, there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, like, there's, we were getting hit by burritos on the sideline. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty hostile and, and uh, but I'm just really proud of the way the guys uh, bounced back and made some adjustments. And I think, you know, we talked about it in halftime, just playing our style of football and, um, and I thought we did that in the second half. I, I thought we did some really good things in the first half, too. But uh, it was pretty chippy out there. Just wanted to get our guys focused. And um, I know that Georgia Southern has gone through some adversity. They, they had a coaching change midseason, you know. And they, they've had uh, those guys, their seniors, I feel for them that they wanted to play. And this is probably not how they wanted their senior season to go. So uh, I hope that um, they, they do well in the future. And, and for us, it's just happy that we got the win. Happy that our guys played better in the I think the offense played pretty good for the entire game, but defense definitely played a lot more fundamentally sound. And uh, we played with a little bit more poise, most of us, in the second half. Still things we need to work on, but uh, I think there's some great learning moments for us uh, and to get better for next week against USC. Courtney, I know you don't believe in style points and all that, yep. but were you tempted at all to go at the end there? for the No, I, I think we had to take a timeout because I think we like ending the game, um, milking the clock, and I think it was seven minutes we were able to run out, and we, we, that's our style. We like doing that, you know, and uh, I think um, style points for us is trying to get uh, some younger guys on the field and, and, and trying to get them some opportunities, but uh, this game, we, we already had our younger guys on the field, you know, with Max getting the... Um, the uh, targeting penalty uh, that put Morgan Piper on the field, Jackson Kafusi playing a lot more. And so uh, it, it was uh, guys stepping up. Jacob Robinson did some good things. And, you know, it was good to get Ammon Hanneman back on the field on defense. And, and same thing with George Udo. But I thought Matt Criddle did some good things too. So I, overall, we're, we're, we're definitely dealing with some depth um, that, that helped us win this game. And uh, we're going to have to get a little bit healthier by the time we get to the USC game. But if not, then we have to be ready to go. But in, in regards to the style points, I... I'm not. Listen, we're going to play with sportsmanship, and we're going to try to do the right thing. Kneeling the ball at the end, that's the right thing to do. What do you say about Puka Nakua? It looked like he left the game in the first half and, and with some sort of yeah. injury and then came back and had a phenomenal second half. He, he's still hurting right now, and so I, I think uh, um, that's a good sign. Don't worry. <laughs> Dang it. No, but I, I think he, he, you know, he was banged up. He's, he's not feeling great right now, but it's okay. Um, like I said, there's a lot of guys that are banged up. I, I'm just grateful that he was able to get back in there and make some plays for us. And um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of guys stepped up. Keanu Hill stepped up. I mean, with with Neil being out, uh, Gunner stepped up, and so it's good to have Gunner back on the field. Braden Kime had his first start and did a great job for us. And so, a lot of guys made some really big time plays, and and we're missing a lot of guys on on the field. But uh, we've we've done some really um, really cool. I've seen some really cool things from the depth and younger guys taking advantage of their reps. Uh, you mentioned Braden Kime. How do you evaluate your offensive line tonight? You kind of had to reshuffle things. How do, you, how do you feel like they played as a unit all night? You have to watch the film a little bit more. I mean, these these guys are pretty good at stopping the run, you know. Um, obviously, they, they run the ball really well, too, so their defense is kind of trained up on that. They see that every uh, every day in practice. And so uh, I thought 
I don't know what we ran for, but close to 200 yards, I think that's a good sign for us. If we can do that every week, that's a good sign that the O-line's doing their job. I, I have to evaluate a little bit more, but from what I saw, I thought Kime did some really good things. What adjustments did you make to shut him out in the second half? Uh, focus on the fundamentals, and, and Tuyaki talked about changing some uh, some scheme things up a little bit. Uh, you know, we've never seen that quarterback before. There's not a lot of film on him, and we just learned about him on the field um, right before the game. So not much to go off of, and, and um, I think he he threw the ball a little bit better than we expected, but I um, thought the guys clamped it down a little bit. We were playing a little bit more assignment sound. They, they, I thought they did some really good things offensively to take advantage of some things, get the ball out in space, make our corners have to tackle, and I thought the corners bowed up a little bit. D-line got a little bit more physical and, and, and established a presence on the line of scrimmage, and um, you know, I, I thought overall, I, shutting them out in the second half, that's a good sign for us, and uh, just Let's make the second half adjustments in the before the game and then play 30, 30 minutes and then make some more adjustments and then play 30 more. I think that's the goal. Try to get it so we just tell our, our team and our staff that this is the second half and then make the adjustments before we get to the game. What are your thoughts on the uh, two picks by Jacob? They were pretty successful. Yeah, stud. Um, we put him in a position to have a little bit more depth and, and uh, play with his eyes on the quarterback and to make those plays, those those. Uh, <laughs> The deep throws, and I, I thought he played the ball really well. He has great ball skills, and I thought he tackled well tonight too. So, um, young, a lot of young guys making plays, and that makes me really happy. Any players who weren't able to go this week, do you expect that back next week? Um, obviously Peyton's out, but um, yeah, uh, hopefully we get Campbell um, back, and hopefully we get um, you know. Harris and so we're missing a couple of starters that, that are out there that, that could be out there helping us out um, I, I don't know how to look at it but uh, Max will be back because you know he just missed this game from that targeting that's a good that's a good thing for us but um, overall I, I think we just have to go with who we got and it's worked out so far so hopefully we can get this next one uh, just love seeing all the fans here that was so much fun and uh, looking forward to seeing our fans on the other side of the, of the country too what are your thoughts of going into USC and playing the Trojans in the Coliseum. They're a very talented team. Um, you know, I, I think that'll be their senior uh, night as well. So we're we're facing a lot of teams that, that towards the end of the year, whether it's their senior nights, so they're going to play with a lot of emotion, and they have tons of athletic ability and speed. And so uh, we have to be on top of it. And then I'm looking forward to our guys uh, relishing the moment and, and and playing a lot better and getting better from what we learned from this week. Did you actually get hit with a burrito? Yeah, I was going to. No, the, the burritos are getting. I mean, I wish I would. I was kind of hungry. I would have eaten it, you know. But uh, I don't know why you'd waste burritos. I think that's a that's a a good thing to, to keep in the stands. But uh, a lot of our guys are getting hit by different types of foods, and so uh, maybe there's that's just their giving way here, at Georgia Southern. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Appreciate it. All right, it. that's Kalani Sitake. Player comments coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so back at Paulson Stadium, Statesboro, Georgia. You've just heard from Kalani Sitake on the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. As soon as a BYU player uh, makes his way down to Mitchell Jurgens in the assembled press, we will head right back down to field level for that postgame press conference. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson with you here in the booth in Statesboro. Mitchell is on the field awaiting the arrival of a BYU player. BYU goes to 9-2 and two on the year with today's 34-17 win over Georgia Southern. So for the third time in six seasons, Riley, BYU's won nine or more games in a year. Absolutely incredible. I mean, to um, and it looks like Jaron Hall's coming out on the field, so I'll save my comments perhaps for uh, later on in the postgame show. All right, show. down to Jaron we go. That's good. Go right here. Oh, you got Okay, thank you. Jaron, overall, how do you feel like you guys performed in kind of coming all the way across the country and, and playing this team? Yeah, good. I think we did. I think we did well. At, you know, eliminating distractions, um, taking a week off of the bye week. Um, you know, all the the long bus ride. You know, the early start. And I thought we did a good job of coming out, being focused. Um, but then there's always you know room to improve. 
you get a little, little more running than we was that in the game plan? Uh, yeah, always is, man. Just opportunities. And today they gave me more chances to get out and get loose a little bit. So I'm always ready and willing to take you know take advantage of that. On one particular play, it looked like you came off holding your rib a little bit. Are you good there? Yeah, I'm good. Just got the wind knocked out of me, you know, a little deja vu. So just making sure I'm all pieced together. But I was I was good. Yeah, so I'm good. Talk about business. He's a stud, man. He, he plays out, balls out the first half, you know, gets injured and then comes right back in. Um, trainers took care of him and he just, he's finished, man. He's a warrior. Um, and the same for all of our receivers and, and our tight ends and backs. Kalani's setup got chippy out there. They were throwing food at you guys. Did you witness any of that? I actually didn't see the food being thrown. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's football, man. You get really emotional. You love the game. And, you know, the team over there, they were very passionate. They love the game. So that's what happens, man. Your competitors out there. But by the end of the game, you know, we're able to dab it up and, and have all, you know, all good feelings. So it was, it was good. First half, kind of a back and forth game. Second half, people were. What do you think? What was kind of the message on the sideline in the first half? The punches were kind of going back and forth there. Oh, yeah, just stay up, have energy. And in halftime, that's what we did. We got everybody together, stay focused. You know, we knew they were going to play hard, and they're a good team, man. People look past these guys because of their record. They're really good, they're very physical. And so they did a good job, had a great scheme. But yeah, we just kept the energy and just, you know, we're just trying to be consistent all game. As far as uh, looking forward to next week, uh, how, how much are you guys looking forward to going to the Coliseum and playing USC? Yeah, it's a historic site. I've never played there before. I've been there a couple of times. Um, I know a lot of guys are, are from the area, so I'm sure we'll be excited and it'll, it'll be a fun, a fun scene. So we'll just enjoy tonight, enjoy the weekend, watch the film, and then and start getting ready for USC. On the fault starts, it kind of derailed a couple. What was going on there? Yeah, I mean, uh, just lack of focus. You know, I mean, they might have been, you know, saying our, our cadence and, and kind of having some snap infraction. But um, bottom line, we just got to be more focused and, and just kind of take care of our business there. At the end there, you got tighter than his hundred yards. And did he get better as the game went on? Has Absolutely, yeah. I think they had a good they had a good scheme to start for stopping the run. Um, they played a lot of low quarters, and that's why we were able to throw the ball over the top so much. Um, but as they kind of loosened up and started to respect the pass game a little more, Tyler was able to get loose and then get his you know, 100 yards as he usually does. So he played hard, man. Him and Peeney both ran really hard and were very you know, big time for us. I think second half was just a matter of some adjustments on your part, or were you just executing the game plan better than you were in the first half? Yeah, I think we took advantage of getting the ball down the field. The first half, we, we made some penalties like we talked about in the red zone. That kind of hurt us. And, um, you know, just not executing on fourth down and fourth and short. Um, in the second half, I think we did a little better and, you know, we were able to, yeah, just, just make the most of it. Thanks, Jaren. Cool. Thank you, guys. Thanks. All right, that is Jaron Hall. We will break briefly and come back for more from the BYU players here in Statesboro on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Running to the right side and right into scoring territory. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 34, Georgia Southern 17, wide receiver Puka Nakua talking to the press. All the other pain go away and see kind of what we're left with. <laughs> what was said in the locker room at halftime when you guys were just holding on to a slim lead? Um, laser focus and focused energy. Uh, we, were, we weren't not doing what we needed to do but not executing to the point where we wanted uh, we had missed on some uh, we had talked on it earlier in the week of not missing on long foul balls and I know I missed one early and Gunner and they did a good job of uh, making the uh, deep balls contested and making it hard for us but I think when we came out there and got back to what we do of being energy and we, we pride ourselves in the receiver room of being being able to make those uh, explosive plays so we just needed the energy to get out there. Once we got one, I, uh, it was back like it was like we didn't even miss in the first half. <laughs> you mentioned the explosive plays. The 20, I think it's 29 yarder you caught in the fourth quarter. Was that kind of a jump ball? Can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, we. Uh, I think Tyler had a quick run, and we, we kind of got up there quick, and uh, they, they were giving us the one-on-one -on -one matchups that we wanted, and uh, I, I pride myself being able to win those one-on-one -on -one matchups, and Jared made my job easy laying it out there and able to come down with it. I, that was huge. I, I owed him one because I, I left one out there in the beginning, so... I'm glad he came back to me. <laughs> so you got the unsportsmanlike for defending your brother pretty much, and then the, the, it looked like they were going to flag you for the celebration. They picked it up. What did uh, they say to you there? To be honest, I'm, I'm not too sure what that, what exactly the call was, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw blood when uh, he came after number 45, so that was something that, I mean, 
<laughs> it was almost, I didn't even think about it before. And then before I knew it, Kalani was in my face. So I definitely all coached that one. But uh, I mean, that was more of an energy play than anything on the touchdown. Is that game unusually chippy or full of trash talking? A, a little bit. I mean, we came out here uh, to the south and we knew that they were going to have a, a home a home advantage of being at senior night. But Cougar Nation showed up as always. And so they made it fun. But it definitely was a nice chippy one. And they kept, they kept us uh, on our toes the whole game. And I was happy to see that we were able to, I mean, <laughs> Mr. Algier does it again, our O-line, and we trust in him. I think we got the ball with eight minutes left, and we finished off the game. It's been like that almost every game this season. When we get the ball in the fourth quarter, uh, <laughs> it's hard to bring down that guy. Our O-line, just it's like they get stronger in the fourth quarter. So I love seeing that. As much as I love run blocking and scoring touchdowns, and I mean, catching deep ones, it's always fun to see Tyler carry seven dudes for eight yards every time. Did you see or get hit by any food thrown on the sideline? Kalani mentioned that. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't. I think that might have been a first-half thing because uh, I think <laughs> it would have been pretty feisty out here in the second half. <laughs> Talk about Fans. It's got to be a pretty unique environment here. You seem like you're having a blast. Yeah, uh, uh, such a blast. I mean, we look up and we start. We hear the BYU chants all up, and you look up in the, the the second the second raft up there, and it's it's full of blue. Everybody's chanting BYU. So uh, once again, uh, Cougar Nation always showing up. We love those guys, and it's always fun. Uh, we came all the way out here, and for them to travel with us, uh, we had to put on a show for them, and always appreciate those guys that keep us going. What's the mentality heading into USC next week? Uh, that's a talented team. Everybody knows that uh, we just got to come in in all four quarters. Uh, we didn't execute the way I think the way we wanted to, and there are some things that we left out there, and some things that we had game plan that we didn't execute on. So I think coming back into practice, uh, got to tighten up. They're they're a talented team, and it'll be fun. I, this is my first time playing in the Coliseum, and I know a lot of boys. That's a that's a college football dream to go out there. So it'll be fun. It'll be a crazy environment for us, and <laughs> we know as much as there'll be red out there, there's definitely going to be some blue. So it'll always be fun for the Cougars. All right, that is uh, Puka Nakua, BYU wide receiver, exceptional today today for Puka. Uh, five catches, 83 yards, and two touchdowns. His first multiple touchdown day as a BYU Cougar. We're going to hang tight and see if they don't actually bring another BYU player out to the press. It looks like they might still be hanging out to get one more. I can't tell. Mitchell, can you jump in with us really quickly and let us know what you've heard down there, if we should wait for another player or not? Yeah, I'm following up with Brett right now. Uh, all right, we'll come, we'll come back to you. Let's come back to you in 30 seconds. We yep. want to find out if we're going to be waiting for another player or just waiting for Kalani Sitake. So uh, Mitchell will find out about that, and that will tell us what to do next. But certainly we can tell you Kalani Sitake is coming up on the headset. He'll be chatting with Riley and me momentarily. Before we had Puka, Riley, or Jaron, I think it was, you were saying. Just the depth, of the state of the program and the momentum that's been building. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that – Coach Mendenhall took the job at Virginia, and there was excitement around Kalani, and you had the Taysom-Jamal year, but then that was followed by a tough uh, a tough reload, and now they're back, they're, and, and they're back then and better than they have been in, in more than a decade, and that's all just two years ahead of an entrance into the Big 12, getting the P5 distinction, and it uh, looks like we got another player down there, and I, I can't see who down it is. Down to Mitch. Greg. Mitch, who do we have here? Yeah. Is that Jacob? Yes. Jacob Robinson. Uh, top two. Or I'll say top four. Top, top four? four, yeah. What state, the better ones? High school state championships. Those are fun. <laughs> yeah. what, what about that second pick? It was pretty spectacular. Uh, I just saw that he ran that corner route where he in cover two. And so I just jumped in. And, yeah. Over the shoulder catch. It didn't look like it was the easiest play to make in the world. It was not, but... I don't know how I somehow caught it. But. How would you describe the atmosphere here tonight? Uh, it was crazy. We had so many fans here that traveled like a thousand something miles. But yeah, it was crazy. It was fun. What was said in the locker room when the defense was giving up so many yards and points in the first half? Um, coach just said play our brand of football. Um, just focus on what needs to be focused on. And would you say we'll, that was the biggest difference in the second half? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, everyone started focusing. and. Played to the, yeah, everyone played good. Giving Malik a hard time, you caught him with the two pick game. Oh, he yeah. Had yeah, I didn't really say anything, but <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Uh, what's the mindset now heading into USC next week? Uh, same mindset, just play our brand of football and just trust the coaches. They, Kalani said it got chippy and there was some food flying from the stands. Did you know anybody that got hit or uh, did you get hit? Or? Kalani said he got hit by a burrito, but I didn't see anything. I was just sitting on the bench, so, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the, the myth grows because Kalani said somebody got hit by a burrito, but he didn't say it was him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You didn't see anything. Oh, uh, I did not. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? Thank you. All right, that was Jacob Robinson. Jacob Robinson, two interceptions today. He came into today with one, added two more, and part of BYU's 34-17 win over the Georgia Southern Eagles. And I think, Mitch, does that sound like it's about it for player uh, interviews postgame? Yeah, that's it. All right, so the next thing we do will be with Mitch and Kalani Sitake. So Kalani Sitake and the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show still to come. This has been the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. You heard from Kalani, Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua and Jacob Robinson all factoring in BYU's 34-17 win today here in Statesboro. They're in the 35th minute up in Charlottesville. BYU women's soccer, the four seed in the region, playing the top seed Virginia Cavaliers, and the score is 0-0. So they are in a deadlock 35 minutes in up in Charlottesville. BYU being outshot 9-5, outshot shots on goal 3-1, outcornered 3-1. So Cougars playing a little bit on the back heel right now, but... It is 0-0. We'll keep you up to, uh, up to date on that one. That game can also be heard right now, by the way, on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app along with BYUcougars.com slash live radio. When you go to the BYU Cougars app, click on soccer, click on radio, and you can hear Jason Shepard and Rachel Manning-Jorgensen with that call. We are on Sirius XM and KSL and the BYU Radio and KSL apps with football postgame following our wrap-up. We'll bring you to basketball pregame coverage for BYU and Central Methodist at the Marriott Center tonight as well with Jerem Jordan and Terry Nash. We'll continue from Statesboro after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Also by Economics Partners, a premier national business valuation firm. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Georgia, Paulson Stadium, BYU 34, Georgia Southern 17 is our final score. The Cougars just played their fourth game in the state of Georgia, and they're now 500 in the state of Georgia. A loss at Georgia, a loss at Georgia Tech, a win at Georgia Tech, and a win now at Georgia Southern. This is the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Kalani Sitake is with us from field level. Kalani, congratulations. Thanks, Greg. That was a lot of fun. Glad we got the win. Uh, what's the level of contentedness you feel having gotten uh, the victory here this afternoon? Hey, uh, getting wins is hard, you know, and, and so we celebrate them. Obviously, we, we didn't play as, as, as good as we wanted, um, but there are some really good moments, and so I, I don't, I don't want to sit there and, and, uh, and I think sometimes people just think that you should just smash people, and, and I'd love to do that too, but, um, you know, this is an emotional Georgia Southern team. They had to overcome a lot of adversity, and, and they were playing for their seniors tonight, and so, uh, you know, our guys thought, I thought they did a good job focusing in, especially in the second half, and uh, just glad that we were able to stay a little bit more um, composed and, and get that win. The second half, you outscore them 14 to nothing. You snapped 20 more plays than they did. And they had more plays than you in the first half. And you had possession time 20 minutes and 30 seconds to 9 minutes and 30 seconds after halftime. You did to them what they were trying to do to you in the first half. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think we, we had some drive stall. and, and, and um, But defensively, I like the way that they took the, sec the second half. And... and um, uh, if we can get the ball uh, back to our offense, our offense usually does a good job with it and scoring a lot of points. I mean, uh, shutting them out in the second half was was uh, you know I, I could take I could do that I, I could uh, enjoy that and just want to see it from the beginning. Maybe that would be a lot easier for us if we can get that started from the beginning. Coach, uh, talk some X's and O's with us. It looked like in the first half, trying uh, to that point about the defense, trying some different looks, came out in the 4-2-5. Then there was a, the odd front there for a few plays on their third drive of the game. But you, as you mentioned, the second half, it looked like you settled in uh, on a particular set or, or, or look or strategy, and it definitely stifled Georgia Southern. What was the strategy that was settled upon in the second half? Well, I think the D-line just started getting tougher. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they expected to just walk over these guys and and have them bow down to them, but you, you can't just assume that you're just going to show up, just going to give it to you, you know. Um, that's uh, uh, that's the thing I can say that once they had their mindset changed that this is going to be a battle, um, and sometimes that happens with youth. 
uh, you know, inexperienced and, and guys just I think they just thought this was going to be an easy game, and that's not that's not how it works. And I need to do a better job at getting them ready for that. But I think uh, it's a good lesson for them to learn. I'm glad they learned it in the second half. Tyler Algier ends up with a 25 carries, 136 yards, one touchdown. Only seven of his carries came in the first half. Are there times when you're feeling out the game where you do a few different things and you go away from Tyler where you wish, man, the way he's running it, let's just feed him? Or, or, or how, how do you view that, that part of the equation? Well, I, I think they're really, I mean, they're pretty solid against the run. And, and um, in the in the first half, we felt like we can air it out a little bit and get some deep shots, and we did that, you know. Yeah. But um, I, I thought they also played some pretty good defense to, to some of the deep balls that we threw and um, got us behind the chains a little bit. But um, I think once we st decided that we're just going to, you know, sustain a drive, and, and a lot of that has to do with just relying on your running running back in the run game. And But I, I really believe we had to um, – kind of spread it out a little bit and make them respect the, the pass first. And uh, a lot of times when you hit big shots like that, that makes that makes them, uh, you know, not not play so close to the line of scrimmage, makes them play a little bit deeper. And then when that happens, you give Tyler just a little bit of space and he can make you pay for it. Yeah, Coach, talk about is it just that our guys are better than their guys? Seven uh, completions of more than 20 yards, including four over 40 yards. That's pretty darn impressive. Is that a matter of scheming those shots up or just the fact that we got dudes that are a little bit better than their guys? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, scheme-wise, they were committed to just loading the box up and stopping the run. That's, And that's what they see every day in practice. So I think they were just like, hey, this is the deal. And, and we knew that they struggled a little bit about in the past game, you know. But uh, whatever it takes to get points on the board, that's what we're going to do. And, and uh, I'm glad A-Rod had a good game plan. Offense, uh, we're able to make some adjustments, but the, what I really like is that we love ending the game on I don't know seven minutes that we just ran out the clock. That that's our style. I think when you can do that to teams, um, you know you can flip it, and, and sometimes we have to lean on our run game. But I thought that we had to open up the run game with the pass, and I agree with A Rod and, and his game plan. So a couple of uh, dicey moments when Jaron took a hit as he was throwing the ball. On, on the trick play, the half flea flicker, and then when Puka goes and lands on the hip and comes up uh, limping but gets back in the game. I mean, it was really super encouraging to see Puka do what he did after getting hurt and for Jaron to also hang in there and, and not have to leave. So a couple of tough guys there uh, that gave you a bit of a scare, I'm sure. Yeah, and, you know, they're, they're going to be sore, but that's okay. Um, one more game in the regular season, and, and they, they can they can get it going, and um, the adrenaline takes over, and these guys, have they've prepared for this, and so... Um, they'll, they'll recover, and we'll have a day off tomorrow where they can recover and get back at it on Monday and, and be ready to go to California. So I think these guys are good. I, 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 you have to give credit to Georgia Southern for, for being aggressive, and they came after him quite a bit, but I, I thought for the most part we kept him clean. Um, and then, you know, Puka's going to be sore, but he plays such a, uh, an aggressive style of football that um, he, he's always going to be sore and tired after a game, and, and I'm glad that he was able to come back. We'll take a break. Kalani Sitake is with us from Paulson Stadium in Statesboro, Georgia. BYU 34, Georgia Southern 17 is our final. BYU is a nine-win team for the third time in Kalani's six seasons. BYU goes to 9-2. and Double-digit win season on the line next week at the Coliseum. More from the coach coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Once we conclude our broadcast here in Statesboro, pregame coverage of BYU and Central Methodist basketball at the Marriott Center. And going on right now, they've gone to halftime in Charlottesville. BYU women's soccer, the four seed. Virginia, the one seed. 0-0 through 45 minutes as this great sports day for BYU rolls on. And Kalani, it began with a couple of national championships for the cross-country teams this morning. Connor Mance wins back-to-back -back for the men. Whitney Orton wins, wins BYU's first ever individual women's title. That's how the day began for BYU. Then you got to come here and play in front of a lot of BYU fans. It's been a great day to be a Cougar. That was awesome. And, and so happy for Whitney and Connor. That's awesome, man. Th those guys are national champs. And, um, you know, the great teammates. Uh, that, that was a lot of fun to, to hear about the, the, the result there. And uh, the fans here were amazing. Uh, it, <laughs> it was so much fun. And it was fun, you know, mingling with them after the game and stuff like that. So just, uh, just really excited and thankful that, that the Cougar Nation always shows up. 
And then Mark Pope's team will hopefully roll to another win tonight and go up open 4-0. and They've had a great week winning against Oregon earlier in the week, so uh, it's been a real fun time yep. uh, to cheer on the Cougs this week. Get them ranked. Well, that would be great. That would be very good. And let's uh, before we get to a couple more game elements here, Kalani, the crowd you had here today, from our vantage point, we were looking to your side of the field. The lower deck was kind of you know hit and miss with Georgia Southern fans. The entire upper deck was packed with Royal Blue, BYU. Uh, the Cougs filled an entire deck of stands here, and you could hear them all day long. Yeah, and and we had some on the other side too, you know. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it, it was all <laughs> they were noisy. Made, I mean, they're they're awesome. And and uh, there were times that I was talking to the defense, and I couldn't tell if it was our play or their play because uh, the the noise level was, was was unbelievable. So that just love having our fans be able to make our players feel comfortable here. BYU twenty uh, thirty four Georgia Southern seventeen. Our final score here in Statesboro. Time now for our valuable stat of the game brought to you by Economics Partners. BYU's accounting program nationally ranked, so it's no surprise. One of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. And I'm going to look to Tyler Algier and another rushing touchdown for Tyler today. And that, Kalani, extends the BYU record for consecutive games with a rushing touchdown to nine. Nine straight games, Tyler has run the ball in for six, at least one time. <laughs> yeah, let's get the guy the ball more, and, and uh, hopefully we can. It's complimentary football. Defense get the ball for our offense, and offense utilize all the weapons. And I'm glad, uh, uh, you know, that we have guys like uh, like Lopini and, and Tyler to run the ball. We have a lot of young guys that are waiting for their opportunity, too, but just really happy that that O-line did really well with a bunch of new guys, especially Braden Kine being a new starter. Coach, is it a challenge uh, switching a mindset from playing an opponent in Georgia Southern that was about ball control and running and doing the things that Georgia Southern did tonight? And I'm just looking ahead to next week. USC ran 86 plays uh, today, today in a loss, losing effort against UCLA, at 50 of those being passes. Is it hard to get your guys to switch after spending perhaps a bye week or some longer preparation on run game and now get them for a high-flying you know, passing offense? No, I, I think what what happens is that we just we we know our offense is going to get the ball. That that's a, uh, I think Idaho State last time um, tried to go really quick and and um, you know when you give our guys the ball that then give them a lot of opportunities. I think they they can do some really good things and they can score some points. So we're hoping we can do that next week. And I know USC goes tempo and they try to get the ball and they they throw a lot. So. Uh, we we need to limit their their plays and limit their their points and give our guys a, a chance to make a lot of points. Obviously, uh, I think when we're clicking, good things can happen. And and, and uh, I feel really good about our offense and where we're headed right now. Coach, I know your players are you can uh, kind of like your kids, so maybe you don't want to compare them. But I'm going to ask you, Keanu seems to Keanu Hill seems to be coming into his own. If you had a comp for him of a player that you've coached or a former BYU player. What would you say? Because he seems to me to have a unique set of skills and that he's physical, he's fast, he he loves mixing it up in the run game. Uh, as he continues <coughs> to emerge, who would you, you know, what do you kind of see his finished product ended up being? I hope he can be another Hoffman for us. That, that's a, that's who he reminds me of, you know. And uh, that, that's a that's a tough comparison because that's one of the best that ever played in, in, the, in the blue. And so um, just just a, a, I think I think we have we've have we've always had big receivers that can make big plays and so hopefully we can keep that that uh string you know that 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 uh that momentum going and getting a bunch of guys i mean we have uh, we usually have the, the size advantage and and not only that these guys can run too so hopefully we can keep keep getting them in here if you were uh, a committee observer watching BYU today or even just seeing the final score and taking a look a little deeper into the numbers, how do you feel the team performed relative to maybe what we'll call the committee expectations of the number 14 team in the country today? Well, I think you're going to look at the fans and say this is awesome. They have a great following, <laughs> and that's going to be the biggest difference. But, um, you know, I, I, I've had in the in the post-game press conference, they asked me about style points. And, listen, if, if you need style points, then, then um, probably – don't worry about it because my style is to be just like like what Lavelle taught me and that's to win the game and show sportsmanship and, and try to do things the right way you know and, and and if people are frustrated with that then don't don't bet on us that's just not <laughs> we're not trying to encourage people to go to, to go bet on us but, that, but uh, we're gonna make sure that we do the right thing and show sportsmanship and class in the way that we end games we could have easily piled it on and try to get another touchdown if we wanted, but even considering after the penalties, you know, but that's not that's not what we're going to be about as long as I'm the head coach. 
And if you look deeper into the numbers, like I said a moment ago, you'll find a team that gained 500-plus yards in offense, a team that scored in every quarter, a team that took a ball control offense and ran almost 20 more plays than them, uh, controlled the clock in addition to scoring in every quarter. And so a pretty thorough victory that way. And, yes, there could have been more points scored at the end if that's what you were trying to do, but you weren't trying to do that, Kalani, were you? Yeah, we we never do that. I mean, is, uh, when, when can you, you can probably add up all the games that we – um, knelt the ball down in the red zone. So it doesn't go good with the, with the red zone stats, but I'm glad I have a staff that doesn't care about that either. And I'm glad we have our players that, that understand what we're about. I mean, the best part of the game here, the style points, was us um, celebrating with our fans. And, and wherever we go, we have that fan base. And so, um, you know, we got invited to the Big 12 because our fan base is amazing. We're going to always rely on them, but we're going to always do this the right way. And this is the way that that BYU football should be. We, we end it the right way and, and don't try to pile on and make and don't try to um, belittle others in, in the game of football. You ended the game with the ball in your hands, and you've done that a few times this year too. Yes, sir. And that's, uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and I think if you look at final scores, the wins, all that matters. But you look at the way the game was played, I think there's a lot of respect in that. I think, um, you know, Georgia Southern, their fans and their team probably walk away from this field with a little bit more respect for BYU, and that's the, the real win. Okay, thoughts on getting ready now for USC in the Coliseum next week. USC lost to UCLA today. Final score is 62-33. to 33. USC, Kalani, has to win out to get bowl eligible, and you're the first of the two wins they have to get if they want to play in the postseason. They're 4-6. and six. Yeah, and, you know, it's their senior night. Um, so <laughs> senior night was here tonight, you know, and it's, it gets emotional. I know a lot of seniors want to uh, end their career in the right way. I, I was in that position when I was a senior, so – uh, we know we're going to get their best shot. I'd like to see our guys get the b give them our best shot from the very beginning. The, the sense of urgency for us to start fast in all three phases is going to be really important. I felt like we, um, we did some good things in all three phases, but uh, not complete enough, and I'd like to do that for 60 whole minutes. All right, so you came back down to uh, Georgia for the fourth time in BYU history, got a W to go to 9-2. and two. Wouldn't it be something, Kalani, knowing the schedule that you put together this year to be able to end a regular season with double-digit wins? You have that chance next week. We're in a really good spot, and, and I think before the season started, we thought we could do some really good things. And with our, our team being so young, there's a lot of good good things here for the future. But the future starts next week, and that's, that's uh, getting that game and, and playing a very quality, uh, talented team like USC and making sure we're ready to roll. All right, well, uh, safe travels back home. Hope everyone that needs rest and recuperation gets that. Man, it's going to be a fun Saturday next week in L.A. We really look forward to it being with you again. Thank you, Kalani. Thank you for the boys. And, uh, again, all the best as you head back home. Thank you to all the fans that came tonight and the fans that, that watched us on ESPN+. Plus. Appreciate all you guys and those that listened to the game on KSL with, with Greg and, and Riley. We, we, we love playing for you guys, and uh, that's what it's all about. Looking forward to getting out to the West Coast and seeing the fans on the other side of the country. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. What a great two weeks where we get to see uh, different um, fans from, from both sides of the country. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Let's go. Cougar Nation, coast to coast. We love it. Thank you, Kalani. Appreciate it, guys. Go Cougs. All right, that Thanks, is Kalani coach. Shitake. We've got Cougar Nation now coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Rubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Statesboro, Georgia. Oh, let's pause 10 seconds before we continue for station identification on the news. BYU 34, Georgia Southern 17 is our final score. The interim head coach of the Eagles is Kevin Whitley. Clay Helton will take over as the full-time head coach once this season ends. And Coach Whitley spoke to the assembled media a short time ago after his team setback. Our broadcast intern, Trevor Rich, was in the room where it happened. And here's Kevin Whitley postgame. Yeah, I thought the guys came played well. Um, particularly early. Uh, the first half, I think we came with a lot of intensity. We tried to match their intensity. Um, you know, I think we fed off the crowd. Great crowd on, on both sides. Uh, I think everybody was able to sing tonight, so a lot uh, a lot to play for. So, very proud of the guys, the effort they gave, and we just couldn't play for four quarters. What, uh, what happened with Justin Thomas? That's his situation. Well, he took, a, uh, he took a shot during uh, Texas State, 
and we just wanted to be, we really didn't know when or if he would be able to play this week. And so we just kind of erred on the side of caution. But, you know, we were, you know, I told Connor early in the week, that, hey, man, we got two guys down, and that you're going to have to, you know, possibly be ready to go. And credit to Connor, you know, I think he's been preparing since he's been here for this day. You know what I mean? So when he got the call, um, he was ready to go. And I, I was extremely proud of him. Uh, he's a winner. He's come from a winning high school program. Uh, I don't think the moment was too big for him. I thought he was ready to go. Showed a lot of poise, and uh, I was just extremely proud of him. Coach, why did you guys rotate Amari in so much? Because it looked like when Connor had to moving the team down the field, and then Amari came in, and it seemed like they yeah. kind of we were just just trying to give us some different looks. You know, we were trying to find a way to get guys, different guys, the ball. Uh, Amari's electric with the ball in his hands. And so it wasn't necessarily anything Connor was doing. He was trying to mix it up, give him different looks. Uh, I think even on the interception, uh, Mari threw that. And so it was a play where you thought, hey, okay, they'll suck up for the run, you know, and, and you know, it just didn't work out. So had a guy open and didn't complete it. He did. Had and a it seemed like that was the, the turning point. If you no could have scored there, no doubt. then you're down by three. No and doubt. instead the momentum really shifted. Yeah, I think, you know, it was a couple of things I thought that, um, you know, just kind of knocked us off schedule. You know, been waiting to call the onside kick and call it. And then they, you know, say the guy's out of bounds. Uh, I think it was a pretty good call on their part. And so uh, a lot of things that had we got a call would have went our way and gave us some momentum, but we didn't get those calls. And, you know, just kids kept fighting. You know, I said, hey, man, don't worry about it. we get it back. I think defense went out and stopped them on that possession there and uh, able to get the ball right back. So, like I said, I'm just proud of the guys. I think, you know, every time they look, you know, they keep fighting. So I'm very proud of them. And that's what I was about to say. I mean, with three wins, you've got two games left. Uh, you know, there's so many in. I mean, these guys could quit. No doubt. There have been other teams that have just quit this type of situation, but these guys keep fighting and keep throwing those punches. No doubt. I think that's a testament to our seniors, number one. I'm very proud of them. I'm glad um, that they continue to play hard, you know, uh, continue to fight there at the end. So, you know, they could quit. You know, hey, all of us could quit, you know what I mean? But we keep continue to find a way uh, and just keep, keep battling, man. We're going to fight until we can't fight anymore. So, uh, like I told him in the locker room, extremely proud of him. You know, I've seen class been through a lot of adversity. And, uh, you know, let's, let's uh, you know, get it up one more time and, and let's do it. You know, anybody can do anything one more time. So we got App State on the road. It'll be a big challenge and uh, just want these guys to continue to play hard. Coach, the, uh, when you got Amari in at quarterback and you don't have Amari in at receiver or at slot or wherever he's going to be put out there, do you feel like going forward, you got one game left, do you feel like he might be more valuable out there at that position as opposed to quarterback? I'm not sure. I'm yeah, sure. it just, you know, like I said, we just keep trying to find ways to get playmakers the ball. You know, I thought, again, Connor did an excellent job. I think he managed the game. I think he made some critical throws. Uh, he ran the ball well. I think he made good decisions. I can go on and on about Connor. You know, like I said, I don't. I know he didn't shot me. I knew. I saw him in high school and knew that if that number was ever called, he'd be ready. And like I say, he prepared for the last two years to be ready for this. So. You know, Wednesday and Thursday when it got closer to him being called, you know, you could see it in his eyes that he was going to be ready to go. And I just told him to relax and, you know, just have a good time, take it all in. And I thought he did that. Uh, to get more specific to your question, I think Amar is a guy that's very versatile. I think um, at the beginning of the year when uh, Tomlin was out because of the first two games, Amar was the quarterback for most of, of, of the Gardner Webb deal. So um, just again, just trying to get guys the ball, I think he gives us a dimension everywhere whether it be outside and at the quarterback position and, uh, you know, just trying to trying to get some points, you know, and so that's kind of where that thought process came from. Coach, talk to us a little bit about the preparation leading up to a game, obviously, of this magnitude, number 14 BYU, and then how you expect it to be different next week against a very talented App State team. Yeah, you know, uh, I will say the preparation part hasn't changed a whole lot. You know, yes, it was a big game in terms of number 14 state, packed out stadium, um, senior day, you know, all that stuff, you know, should just add to what you're already doing. But like I said, credit to our guys. They continue to play hard. They could quit. They haven't quit. I'm extremely proud of that. And uh, we just got to find a way to make those critical plays uh, when we need to. I mean, a lot of times today, 25 is an unbelievable running back. I can't tell you how many times we had him behind the line of scrimmage for a negative play and he makes 10 yards. You know, um, on a couple deep balls, you know, we're in position. They go up and make plays, you know. So at this level, that's what it's about. You got to make plays, and that's what those guys did. And a credit to that staff and those guys, you know, when it was time to make big plays, they made them. 
And uh, that's where we got to get to, to where we can, to where we can make those plays. You're in position. Now you got to make the plays. So preparation uh, will be the same. We'll come in tomorrow. We'll try to clean up our mistakes. Uh, we should not have to get them excited about playing App State. You know, it's a conference game. It's a game that's, um, you know, that normally brings out the best in both of us. And so I'm eager to see our guys. Hoping get some more guys back healthy, um, and then we'll go from there. Coach, you, you touched on you had seen film on BYU, but when you saw the guys tonight, they lived up to the billing. You mentioned 25, Tyler Algar. Yeah. The receivers were big, and they made plays in coverage. The defensive backs made some, you know, about them made some acrobatic plays. Tell me about what you thought about. Yeah, BYU I mean, uh, them. seeing them on film, they were very dynamic. I thought they played tremendously hard. You can tell they're very disciplined, focused football team. So that's one thing we kind of a couple things that we talked about during the week, uh, you know, that we got to match that intensity and match that focus and match that discipline. And we, for the most part, we did that, but we had a couple mental breakdowns. Uh, but now when they came out the locker room, I, you know, I didn't know if it was the Buffalo Bills or uh, BYU. I was like, oh my God, these guys are big. And so um, very big, very physical. I think they lived up to everything I thought it would be. You know, they're a national program, you know, and so I knew a lot about the staff. And those guys, you know, before you know, before they got before this week, so um, you know, very very talented team, very hard nosed team, and uh, you know, give us a lot of lessons that we can take forward uh, now in the end of this year, but moving into next year. All right, that is uh, Kevin Whitley. Post-game comments after his team falls to BYU 34-17. Up in Charlottesville, BYU women's soccer is open first on top. 47th-minute goal from Cameron Tucker, 16th of the year. BYU one, Virginia zero. And they're in the 50th minute now up in Charlottesville. BYU wins. They're on to the Elite Eight, and they may be hosting that game at Southfield if the Cougs can hang on for 40 more minutes. We'll take a break. The other football, American football, BYU 34, Georgia Southern 17, Cougar Nation now after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We want to get you as much basketball pregame as we can on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and KSL. So we're going to make this a pretty short version of BYU Creamery's Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery. Uh, to the interwebs we go. We go to Twitter, a couple comments with the hashtag BYUCNN. Uh, Jarrett Webster uh, tweets in, quoting him now, not what most fans wanted, myself included, he says. But another game that BYU gets the ball with five-plus minutes left in the game, and they're able to run out the clock. It's in this team's DNA. It's called four-minute drill, burn mode, whatever you want to call it. BYU's had multiple games this year, and, of course, this year's game wasn't so tight. It was kind of perfunctory. But still, when they need to finish the game with the ball in their hands, they've shown a real ability to do that and just grind a way to finish it out, guys. It's a tremendous luxury to have as a football team to – be able to se secure a win and, and do it conservatively. Kalani said it over and over again. He is a disciple of Lavelle Edwards, who was a proponent of the most important stat is that you win and that you win in the right way. And uh, that's what being able to run the ball for the final seven minutes of the game is uh, that's the foundation of that philosophy. Yeah, one of the biggest reasons why they're able to do that is, I mean, you have Tyler Algier. I think it was... Jaron Hall in the post game who said he just keeps getting stronger and stronger as each quarter passes. And in the fourth quarter, when they need him in these moments, Tyler comes up big and has those, uh, you mentioned it on the air multiple times, the just Algier-like run that we've been used to, vintage Algier, and we see that in the fourth quarter, especially on these you know, four-minute drives and, and burning the clock modes. He just comes up big, and um, it's been such a, an incredible asset for the Cougs this season. To the email, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow, one long word. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Scott chimes in, Kalani is a much better Christian than me. He writes, I would have been tempted to run another play after the unsportsmanlike conduct on the kneel down. Uh, BYU was not trying to score. They were first and goal to end the game, quite frankly. It goes as a red zone failure, but the Cougars were not looking to add points. And so 34-17 will have to do it. 
Um, Lauren Smith on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, says, I hate seeing us kneel at the end. We really needed that extra score, even if it were a field goal. Now, if we were in the Big 12 already, you could say it's for the tiebreaker. You know, you yeah. got <laughs> like Dave Randa did last week against Oklahoma. Uh, but in this case, uh, points were not coming. Once, once they got to two and a half minutes and they were close to first down, then they got the first down, it just wasn't going to happen. Yes, I would love to have seen something in the 40s as opposed to the 30s. Four style points, four appearance as it was, 34 will have to do. And again, if you look deep enough into it, it was a pretty pretty complete performance from BYU. It was, and I just want to point everybody to Kalani's uh, comments in postgame that he said, if you're needing style points, you don't have enough substance. So mm. this the substance of this team speaks for itself, and uh, those clamoring for more style points are going to find, e- even if you did blow them out or you did score there at the end, if they don't think you have enough substance, then they'll find some other excuse to not attribute to you, you know, the credit that you feel you may deserve. And they also may choose to... Uh, Observe that BYU did end the game in first and goal territory, not trying to score. They had enough points to win. That's what they intended to do, and that was that. Uh, Ryan Lundgren on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, says it's not the first time BYU's not converted on a, a fourth down trick play or a fourth and short. Sometimes, he says, just keep it easy and give the rock to Tyler. And Tyler Algiers' second half featured 18 carries. First half featured just seven. But when, regardless of when he was touching it, he was great start to finish. Tyler Algier was trademark Tyler, right? He was he was excellent. And he will put that Luke Staley um, season rushing record in play here in a couple of weeks, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and we talked about it before um, with uh, the, the game next week. UCLA ran the ball all over USC. So he's, you know, Tyler's in, in a prime position to put up some yardage next week against USC and uh, I think it'd be I mean as long as he can have a, a pretty productive game against USC and they go into the bowl game with with that record in mind I think it, it, it'd be a pretty special moment for Cougar Nation to witness because yeah. Um, yeah you don't see these seasons often should we get to trivia guys let's do it let's do it all right Tyler Algiers speaking of picked up his 11th 100 yard rushing game of his career today and that is now solo fourth place all time in terms of number of 100-yard games, the question is, and the correct answer to which has to be included with the hashtag BYUCNN. So on Twitter, and only Twitter suggestions are eligible here, use the hashtag BYUCNN with your answer. Tell us who holds the record for 100-yard rushing games with and with how many. Who holds the BYU record for 100-yard rushing games and with how many? Tyler Algier is solo fourth with 11, so it's more than 11. Who's got the record for most BYU 100-yard rushing games and with how many? Use hashtag BYUCNN. The correct answer wins two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the famous and the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Trivia answer and winner, and then wrap up next. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coming up at the top of the hour from the Marriott Center, BYU and Central Methodist basketball. That pregame show is already underway on the BYU Cougars app with Ben Bagley and Jerem Jordan and Terry Nashif. And as soon as we conclude here moments from now from Statesboro on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and on KSL 102.7 FM and 1160 AM, it will go from football postgame into basketball pregame, leading you up to tip off at the top of the hour for BYU and Central Methodist. While all that is happening over on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and on the BYU Cougars app, the BYU women's soccer team nursing a 1-0 lead up in Charlottesville. Less than a half hour to go, BYU and Virginia winner into the Elite Eight. And if the winner is BYU, the Cougs may indeed be hosting their Elite Eight match at Southfield. Wouldn't that be something? So, soccer on the FM and the BYU Cougars app. BYU basketball right now on the BYU Cougars app pregame. And then moments from now, BYU Radio will be going to Sirius XM 143 and KSL as they get you ready for tip-off. But we have to get you a winner in our BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now trivia contest for this week. It is brought to you by the BYU Creamery. And the question was, who holds the BYU record for most 100-yard rushing games and with how many? We ask that because Tyler Algier picked up his 11th 100-yard game today. He's fourth all-time. And the correct answer, the first correct answer, came in courtesy of Chris Butters on the Twitter using hashtag BYUCNN, and the answer is Jamal Williams with 16. 16 100-yard games 
That is the BYU record. Tied for second, Harvey Unga and Curtis Brown, 15 apiece. And then solo fourth, Tyler Algier now with 11. Do you uh, endorse all those things I just said, guys? Yeah, how many um, How many did Jamal have in 2016? Just, this, just a single season alone that year? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to get the answer for you because there's probably an answer for this. Uh, I feel like he had a few. Let's uh, see. A good number that year. He had. He must have had only six because there are six players tied with six. He might have been one of them. Huh. Luke Staley had nine for the record. <laughs> so the record's nine for Luke in 2001. Harvey Unga was seven. And then I guess Jamal would be a part of that group of guys with six. Yeah. Now, Tyler's got five this year. So he's one away from tying for third in that record. So congratulations, Chris Butters. You win the two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. You'll get information from me, requesting information from you in your Twitter DMs, and we'll get that ice cream into your hands. All right, let's wrap it up from Statesboro and get you set for BYU basketball on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, KSL 102.7 FM, and 1160 AM. Along with the BYU Cougars app, on which pregame coverage is already being heard, so that's all standing by for you while soccer goes on on the FM. What a busy day and night of BYU sports, and just updating you from Charlottesville. Uh, under 28 minutes to go, and BYU one, Virginia zero, is still the score there. And you can catch the conclusion of that match on the FM 107.9 BYU Radio. That'll do it for today for football. Our thank our we thank our crew back at BYU Radio in Provo. Our engineers Sean Fay and Barry Squires. Our control board operators, Corbin Radford and Tanner Graff. Our coordinating producer, Terry South. Our broadcast interns, Bryce Noakes and Jake Roper. And our studio host, still hanging in there and grinding away, Ben Bagley. Uh, working through uh, a rough voice. He's been down and almost out for the count, but he gets back off the mat to do uh, pregame and halftime and pregame and halftime and postgame for all these different sports. Uh, ben Bagley, our best to you and thanks to you on this day and night. So for that crew... In Provo, we had the crew here in Statesboro, our engineer in the booth, Michael Wimmer, our broadcast assistant and intern, Trevor Rich. And uh, we had our spotter, Sean Furmage, with us as well. And Sean's still with us here in the booth. Thanks to Sean. And, uh, of course, we appreciate all the players and coaches who are part of our postgame coverage as well. So that leaves the guys on the headsets to my far left. Riley Nelson. And to my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Rubel, thanking you for tuning in. Our final score today from Statesboro, Georgia, BYU 34 and... Georgia Southern, 17. That is going to do it. So in the meet, oh, by the way, before I say my uh, the, the, the sign-off, uh, Ralph Sokolowski does text me and tells me, confirms for me that Jamal Williams had six 100-yard games in that, in that last year. So he's tied for third all-time uh, in that particular category. Tied for fourth, what was it again? Tied for third or fourth he, with six. You mentioned third. He's tied for third, right. All right. So And uh, Tyler Algier can tie um, those guys with 100-yard game in the next two games. We'll see if that happens. All right. Finishing off that trivial note, I can now say, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Stay tuned for basketball next. Good night and so long from Statesboro.